Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugged your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Harry. Hello, Rasheen. <laughs> <laughs> We've been put in charge of... Uh, we just started. ...the <laughs> podcast. But we, we, neither of us have read the advanced questions for. <laughs> Hello, I'm Nika Burns, director and producer of Dave's wonderful Edinburgh Comedy Awards. And welcome to a special mini-series that celebrates 40 years of Dave's Edinburgh Comedy Awards. In this episode, we have two Best Newcomer winners. 1992 is Harry Hill. He talks with the 2010 Best Newcomer winner, Rasheen Collegy, about how the Best Newcomer Award came to be, fierce competition you're up against at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe, and the pressures of success. How have you been? I've been fine. I've been, well, I'm fine. I mean, you know, a lot has happened since we last spoke, <coughs> principally the um, global dingdemic. Um but I have survived it. Wouldn't have stopped me working normally. In fact, it's okay. Uh, the eleventh day, I think you had to isolate for ten days. On the eleventh day, I did um, two nights at the Moth Club. No laughs. Wow. No laughs at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's affected me. It's made me it's robbed me of my ability to be funny. <laughs> That'd be funny if there was a, a virus that. Imagine if that was a pandemic. <laughs> What about you? Much the same. I got through the old pandemic, hit the woods quite mm. a lot, walked around the woods. I've been yeah, asking about... Yeah, I don't think about... you're living near uh, woods. Oh, yeah. I'm always scurrying around there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose we better talk about this uh, this year at Edinburgh Festival. I'll interview you. I'll oh, okay, interview right. you a bit first. What was, your, what was the name of your award-winning show? What was it about? Well, I have been up to Edinburgh... Um, as a student, the first time I ever went to Edinburgh to do a show was as a student, and we wrote this show. Right, we did it. We did it once in the medical school, and then we went up. We, I'd never even been to. I'd been to Edinburgh for New Year's Eve. I'd never been to the festival, right? And we get there, and the show is two hours long. Okay, 
and after the first night, we cut 40 <laughs> minutes, cut 40 minutes out of it, and, and bearing in mind it was a narrative piece. That's good, though. Yeah. Oh, oh well, that's interesting so that you can cut 40 <laughs> minutes out of something still keep the story. But, yeah, uh, so I had had good times and bad times out there, and then the review in The Scotsman was short and to the point, and it was... Um, this show is a dud and deserves only box office failure. That is very unambiguous. So that's a blessing. <laughs> uh, and so then when I went up as a comedian, so I went up with my first 20 minute gig I ever did, which was in this uh, pub in um, Wandsworth Road. I was on with Alistair McGowan, never met him before. And he was doing 20, but he'd been, you know, he'd been doing it for a, a bit longer. Who did impressions and then um, I did my 20 and we got on really well and I said to him at the end of the evening why don't we go and do the Edinburgh Festival together so the first time I ever did it was we did like a two-hander with Alistair McGowan and Harry Hill guess what we called it Hill Harry when Harry met Ali oh lovely Current. It was sort <laughs> of current because that film hadn't. It's a great title. That's a great title. And that was your first double hander. So when, when did you do your first solo show? Or the... yeah, I did the following, so the following year, I went out on my own because I couldn't, um, I didn't have enough for an hour. You know, I don't know about your first hour, but I think you always have that thing where you, you're always punching slightly above your weight. And so I had about 40 minutes and I padded it out with slides, which is a, is a good tip. The uh, comedians listening. You know, if you're 10 minutes short. I was about 20 minutes short, I think. Of really good stuff, yeah. <laughs> wow. And I did that. Um, I normally just try and speak at the same pace as a normal human being, and I can normally get my show to time because I speak so <laughs> fast. <laughs> like, so I just go, oh, if you spoke like a person, then yeah. the show will hit 50 minutes. But if you speak like this, yeah, yeah, like I'm yeah. burn through saying No, 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 that's true. Sorry, go on, and, Harry. Uh, the other thing is you, you start off with what it sounds like an hour, and then as it gets tighter and tighter, and actually when you start dropping, you know, the whole level goes up, isn't it? Because it stops being that novelty thing where people are just laughing and getting it wrong. And in fact, an hour boils down to probably, you know, 40 or 50 or something. You've got to find that last mm. thing. Um, so I did this. Uh, I called it Flies, and I got my friend. So I, I, I was at medical school with this guy, Matt Braslow-Smith, who's uh, five foot, he was only five foot tall, so we looked quite funny together. And um, he said he would do it. He, he played the organ, right? He plays the, so he did the music for it. And so I, he said he would do it if he was allowed in the middle of the show or at some point during the show to sing a song about this girl that he had a crush on called Kath, who was a nurse at the uh, hospital that he worked, right? So basically I said, yeah, okay, fine. That's really funny. I did sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. <laughs> I don't have it. <laughs> I've ever sneezed on a podcast yeah, just or any recording ever. I was like, I don't know how to move. <laughs> yeah, most people would turn away. I can't move. I'm 
was like, I'm all hooked up yeah. to the laptop. And I was like, if oh. I just walk oh. off and Harry's in the middle of the story. I was like, I wonder what Michael Parkinson uh, would have done. Anyway, Billy. So I, um, so I uh, had to engineer a way of getting this bit where he sang. So basically I would say, oh, I feel really tired, suddenly really tired. And I would uh, lie down on a um, deck chair, you know, one of those reclining deck chairs. And I would pretend to be asleep and he would sing, oh, mm. Kath, I want to call out your name. I want you to feel the same way too. I'm singing it like Anthony Newley, but he didn't sing it like that. And, um, and then at the end of the song, I would uh, wake up. I would just wake up and carry on with the rest of the show. Yeah. Well, it sounds great. Yeah. What about your... Um... My Edinburgh show. I did my first solo show, Harry, um, <laughs> in 2010, and it was called Hero, Warrior, yeah. Fireman, Liar. And it was okay. Why? at the Pleasant Stone. Why was it called that? It was called that because I was 30 years old and I had moved oh. back. I'd gone for a really big breakup. I'd moved back to my mum's house and I was working in an office job where I was a really sort of depressed office manager. And, um, oh. and I used to wear a really cheap suit that you could hear when I walked. <laughs> it went like this. <laughs> um, yeah. And I sort of stopped yeah, gigging yeah. a bit. And then my auntie, who still worked at my school, was a dinner lady. And obviously she might have, must have been saying like, oh, she's doing comedy or whatever. You know, she's doing really well. Mm. And then my school sent a, a letter to me asking me to come back and uh, give a speech to the school leavers about my success. And it was so heartbreaking to receive this letter. Yeah. It felt like a horrible prank. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. uh, in my cheap suit, back at my mum's. Just sort of like not really. So what gigging. had gone wrong? Yeah, what had gone wrong from the, you know, prior to that? Why? Why had you taken this? Uh, well, I didn't have an agent with comedy. I didn't have. I never really got an agent. I'd done where I had, you know, I sort of was doing okay, oh. but I never really got an agent. I never. I was quite. Um, I think I was. Uh, I was a lot. Uh, I was quite an odd act. Like I, I did some characters, and then I would do. And then I would do straight stand-up and then I would do try order stand-up. And so I was I was sort of, I think people, I had lots of different versions of me on the circuit, if you get what I mean. People going, oh, that girl who does that or right, that girl right. who does that. And I think, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I didn't really have much of a, and I wasn't very um, uh, ambitious, at, like not ambitious. Like I remember when people used to ask me if I was doing Edinburgh, the first year I was doing stand-up and I mm. thought people were just obsessed with Scotland. <laughs> I'd never heard of the festival. <laughs> I thought, right, tell you right, what, comedians yeah. don't half love Scotland. <laughs> I was like, I'm just taking on Soho at the moment. <laughs> I don't want to go international. Yeah, yeah well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it was very... That's interesting uh, because you, you mind me, me asking, did you go to, like, college and university and all that? I went to, I did, went to university, went to Middlesex to do film, but I didn't finish. Um, but, yeah, I did, like... You went to Middlesex to do film, but you weren't aware yeah. of the Edinburgh Festival? No. No, like had never ever heard of it. Never heard mm. of it. Wow. Yeah. Um, I was very yeah. comedy and sort of theatre illiterate. I would say, even though the theatre said not theatre because right. I did theatre studies at A level, so I went to see plays, but just to go and see a lot of stand up. Yeah, back in the nineties was that. Uh, I think it's true that there used to be more coverage of 
the Edinburgh Festival, on you know, the Fringe Festival, on TV and on the radio and in the papers, actually. Mm. You know, it was maybe it was just because I was interested in it, but I was very, I was like, and I was aware of this thing. I mean, that's why I went when I was a, a you know, when I was a student. I mean, not, not as a, it was a sort of comedy play, but it wasn't like, uh, you know, it wasn't yeah. like a stand-up thing. That's it, wow. Yeah. I mean, I, the first one up there was 2003, and it literally was, it blew mm. me. I couldn't yeah, believe it, would. it existed. Yeah. I was like, it yeah. felt like, you know, in movies when they're like, and they walk into like the space where it's like they discover yeah, music. Yeah, like, yeah. I was, I was just like, yeah. what's, what is this? Yeah. It was so overwhelming, you know, all the, yeah. And that it's not, that it's not curated, that anyone can do it. That's the most fantastic thing about it. Isn't it? You know, I mean, it is thought of now in a way, isn't it? Or it's, I mean, anyone can go up, but, but you, if you're a stand up, there are kind of barriers. I mean, when I did it, I promoted myself, oh, me, and yeah. Al, me and Alistair McGowan. So I got the posters, pre- I booked the, it, it, you know, in the old days, you used to just phone up the venue. And if you had the money, you could book the venue. So I got this place, you know. And then I've got they they when you when you sent your money to the fringe office basically to be included in the fringe I forgot what it was seventy five quid or something and they sent you a, like an an information pack which was a list of venues and phone numbers and a list of uh, flats so you know I got I you know like I said I didn't know when but I just phoned up and booked this venue and booked the flat and uh, if you had the money you could do it and and it, obviously in those days it wasn't anywhere near as expensive as it is now. Yeah. But like that, yeah, like you, I got off the train and it's literally, you get off the train at, um, or you park up and you walk up Waving. to the fringe office and there's like clowns and people juggling and breathing fire and people in period costumes. You know, if you've never yeah, been, it's it was, nuts. You weren't even aware of it. Yeah, it was overwhelming. Um, and it was, I think, 2003 when I first went up, the internet wasn't, I mean, it probably was there, but it wasn't in the same way. So it was very much like no. word of mouth. It was very much like, you know, you could, you, you know, you had to hear someone say a thing, you know, like this is, even though there's reviews and stuff, but you, you just needed a comic or someone to be like, this is a great show. And that sort of, you know, buzz that would go yeah. around when you heard, you know, yeah. this, this show's good. This show's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that still happens to an extent. I didn't, um, the person that told me about the internet, was Stuart Lee. <laughs> he said to me, what a quote. He said to me, oh, this, yeah, he said to me, you know, this internet thing. And I said, and I had sort of heard of it. No, no, I think you'll really like it, but you can look up all kinds of crazy stuff. That was his. <laughs> yeah, That's so funny. Why people think I always want to look up crazy stuff. So you got 2003. That was that was just the first experience with Edinburgh, yeah. And then I did a couple of package yeah. shows, but then 2010, my solo show, which was I do think the difference of doing because I did a, a sort oh, of sketch yeah. show in 2007 with uh, a girl called Caroline Ginty. They're very long, sort of like mini like they're like 11 minute sketches, really really long. Um, and we'd done that yeah. the same way you did, like with the phoning. We're able to get the pleasant, you know, oh, you like did. just. 
yeah, yeah, yeah we just phoned yeah. up and they were like okay yeah. um and was it funny Rasheen have you got a video of it and, and if you were to watch it back is it would it make you laugh oh I think there's definitely certain there's definitely some stuff from there that I think was funny yeah and some stuff that I think mm-hmm. like I mean once we sat on either right. side of you know we came off stage and we both sat on either side of the wings waiting to come back on in our new wigs and whatever and then I heard Dush! and I went wait like hold someone's leaving we'll give them their the grace yeah. to leave you know they waited for us to leave oh. and obviously what we did then was gave the audience you know the time yeah and then it went dush, 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 yeah. dush, 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 dush. and yeah. then we we're like looking at each other across this quite wide set and just in hysterics i was like they're all gonna go <laughs> they're all <laughs> they've been waiting for us and they can't believe they've been given this and I always think when I'm at yeah. the, you know shows where you're just exhausted and you're not feeling it, I think I'd love for them to give me a minute to leave <laughs> in a lovely way. I would never leave a show. I had a similar thing in that first show I did in the uh, the student thing. They got the bad review. We had a, there was a blackout where we we thought we were being very clever because it was like you just hit, the lights went out and you just heard our voices about halfway through. Similar thing when the lights came back on half the crowd had left. I mean crowd. There's only about 15 people in the in the first place but um so yeah we cut that out yeah Didn't it's um, the opportunity <laughs> i remember one of our nights when everyone left the only person in the audience was ben elton at the end and i was like is that ben elton oh my god and he, and he had to stay of course he, he did stay. and he was really sweet to us after but wild yeah i mean that's the thing if you are if you've got like if you're sort of well known i remember i went to see omid's show the first uh, stand-up show he did was uh, assembly and uh, I wasn't that well I wasn't that well known I mean I hadn't been much on TV and uh, I didn't think it was at all funny I didn't laugh at all this is before he really found this sort of thing so I stayed <laughs> to the end and you know I stayed to the end and, uh, and I left and then years later I bump into him because I'd never met him before you know this is just I bought a ticket and saw the show uh, and he and he comes up to me and we sort of chat, oh, hello. And I said, oh, hi, blah, 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 blah. He, I said, oh, you, he said, oh, you came to my show in Edinburgh. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. He goes, yeah, you didn't laugh once. He clocked me. He clocked me. Oh, no. And I, yeah. And it's just, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't lie. You know, it's just like that. Ian, finish your story. But so at the end of this, you did your one woman show. Yeah, it's a stand up show. Right? Uh, Hero. So the yeah. show was Hero, Warrior, Fireman, Liar was sort of. Uh, yes. You know, this sort of speech that I would give to school leavers based on, you know, would, oh, I, would I, I give it, oh, right. would I give it based on the yeah. truth of sort of, you know, or that sort of made up because I was a liar as a child and stuff. And um, yeah, so I was able to sort of link stand up that I already had can create a sort of quite a good. And then at the end, I sort of ended with this sort of, um, you know, those songs that are meant to be like, you know, like a piss, it was like a piss sake of a sort of uh, inspirational song, you know, and um, Vicky climb. Stone. The climb. Yeah, it was like that. Yeah. All I remember from it is the climb. <laughs> we had uh, when when I did that X Factor musical, Steve Brown wrote he wrote a piss take of one of those, and it was called "Dreaming of a Journey on My Journey to a Dream." That's lovely. <laughs> That's um, lovely. But see, this is an interesting thing. I think you know. So you used that uh, that true experience. I mean, what was that? Two thousand and ten, and was that at that time were people doing these themed shows? I mean, I'm, what I'm getting at is that when me and Al Murray and uh, I don't know all that much, Stu Pot and um, 
Stu Pod's my uh, pet name for Stuart Lee. You know, uh, well, basically, prior to, I, I, would, I don't know what the date is, but prior to a point, the Edinburgh Festival, pretty much all you had to do was go up and do your best hour. And then, yes. and I put, I, I'm always blame Dave Gorman, possibly unfairly, because he, <laughs> he then did this thing where he had a theme. I forgot what the Sean theme was. Hughes. But it was Sean like Hughes a, used to do it as well, though. They, he oh, always had themes in his yeah. show. Yeah. He always had that sort of. Well, you narrative. might have a theme bolted on at the end, but but it wasn't like you had a thing you wanted to get off your chest. Like, by the way, I was, you know, I've got problems. Yes. No, I see. Show. Yeah, I think it. I think a lot of shows are still the best. I mean, especially for first hour, they are your best hour. And I think mm. It, it, mm. if you are more conversational or more, you know, kind of, then I think you knit it together so it doesn't feel like some just disparate pieces. And then you can, you know, like yeah. I was very lucky yeah. that I yeah. got that letter and I was able to be like, oh, this suits a lot of my stand-up, which is someone sort of being like, well you know how has my life turned out like you know whatever it was and yeah yeah and it just made it and quite it funny your persona yeah it your yeah persona. and it's actually it's a, just a really funny thought as well I yeah she would make a great film or something yeah just a real and but you know but i still had you know i'd say 30 minutes i had you know definitely 30 30 minutes of stand-up that was prior to that that i was able to yeah. use and yeah. make it feel still like a show rather than just deprecatory just sort of yeah like stuff that what you think life is going to be as opposed to yeah that's what I was sort yeah, of sure. really uh just choices and stuff and um mm-hmm. but yeah it was um it wasn't overly earnest it was silly it was a silly you know like the yeah, song at the sure. end it wasn't um poor right. it was yeah it was a very mm-hmm. silly show it wasn't and there, mm-hmm. there's a lot lot more sort of serious themes I think um like even yeah so that it wasn't that um, and so then and you were up and so then that you got nominated for this um i it was the only time i've ever not read read anything or not genuinely because i always think you know that's not really true like mm. i do read stuff but i actually completely didn't there was no it's difficult of... not to yeah but, no, but people tend to stick stuff under your nose or you know they it gets reprinted on you know, posted or someone will come up to you and say oh you know i once saw someone i once saw someone run literally run like yeah. as as much as they could without knocking someone down across through the courtyard to say to a friend of mine who i won't mention such uh, literally panting outrageous that two star review in the scotsman <laughs> they ran <laughs> they ran it yeah, was such yeah. i was like you couldn't i wasn't yeah. expecting the nomination at all were you ex- did you know did you know the judges and stuff when they were coming in no there was the thing about me was that i was I was never going to be nominated for the Perry Award because my show, I was unknown and it was completely, it was very scrappy. There no, was no newcomer no. award so before what, you. Okay. Yeah. So what happened was this show, what what we used to do is my little friend, Matt, <clears throat> uh, we, I had like this, um, like a trunk on the stage and I, and I would get into the trunk before the audience were let in, right? He would go and take the tickets on the door. And I'd be in the trunk because we only ever sold about, you know, 10 or 15 tickets. I'd be in the trunk for maybe three minutes, right? And then he would start the music and I'd know to jump out of the box. And I'd jump out of the box and I'd start singing. And then we got this review in The Guardian, which was uh, crazy over-the-top positive. Like someone 
I'd see in the show had never laughed before. You know, had never seen comedy and they're thinking, what is this? And, and the first line of the review was, I have seen the future of comedy and his name is Harry Hill, right? Which Lovely. kind of haunted me for a while. But yeah, but at the moment, but that, at that point, so anyway, so that night after the review came out, I get in the trunk and I'm in the trunk for 10, 15, I mean, a long time. And I'm in the trunk thinking, what the hell's going on? And I'm sweating and I jump out. He starts the music. I jump out of the box and I can't really see anything because I'm blinded by the lights because I've been in this box for so long. And when I'm, my eyes become adjusted to the light, I see that it's packed. And uh, and then after the night after that, we uh, that day, next day, I went out and bought a drill and made some holes in the um, box. And so it was full from that. And it, But it was always so scrappy and hit and miss. It was only hit and miss, this show, because I was so, you know, inexperienced. But they, ju- the, the judges thought that I deserved something, you know, like I deserved a... To be thrown yeah. a bone. So what happened was on the Perrier, my agent said, uh, "Oh, the, the uh, Perrier judges uh, uh, want you to go to the award ceremony." And I said, well, "Why?" They said, "He said that they might be in your interests, or something like that, or something something sort of vague like that." So he didn't say because you got an award. I mean, whether he knew or not, I don't know. I mean, I, I was assumed he didn't know. So I'd go along. Steve Coogan got the Perrier award, and uh, then once they'd given him his award. They said, oh, and we're going to give this uh, sort of best newcomer to me. And it was like, a, so it's different when you're nominated, you go along and you're like, have I got it on? Yeah. Yeah. So it was just fantastic. It was such a yeah. surprise. And even better than that, that was the last, that same night was the last night we'd done, we would do the show because I only ever booked for two weeks. So then suddenly everyone's like, what's this show? You can't see it. <laughs> it's like a brilliant, almost like a brilliant PR move. It is great. You had no fellow nominees. You, you literally had yeah. an award just for you. It was just, it was just fantastic, actually. It was a really funny. And also because I had my friend with me, you know, just done it because he wanted to sing this song. And You know that thing when you're just, when you have kind of very low expectations. And, you know, I had, I mean, you always hope, don't you? But yeah, it was thrilling. It was thrilling. So, yeah, I didn't have, and I didn't have any of the kind of tension of, uh, Who's gonna win? And so when after you won, did, did that did you do a London run with it then after when you yeah you did... no so then after it uh, after that I got the the little prize that they sort of made up was that you they, you got an award and the um, they booked us into the Purcell rooms on the uh, South Bank you know the festival hall because the concert rooms terrible for uh, for comedy and basically we we hadn't done it for months and we'd go and do it and died terribly <laughs> it just it went really badly <laughs> film at the beginning of it which was which i'd shot on super eight and because the uh it was such a big room they'd uh they, we had to have it blown up into 16 millimeter but the film came out at twice the speed <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like one of those awful <laughs> awful nights and also because everyone had such high expectations yeah you know, sort of well you know this is the future you know, you don't want that. So when I when I won, you just reminded me of something. When I won, so when I won, are they, we did a night at the lyrics. So Russell Kane won the main award, and I won the newcomer. Lyric in Shaftesbury Avenue. Yeah, and the Which thing is, is a lovely venue, great venue. But I've I've left out a bit about my show. Is that I played in my show? I opened with I played my own support act. <laughs> 
Right. So I would come on as this lady called Jackie Hump, oh. and um, and basically it was like this whinging about that she she was advertising, she was trying to get a spot at the Pleasants, and she was at the Royal Mile, and I I said this song about the Monopoly anyway. But it was quite important. Songs. I don't think I never think of you as, as singing songs. I don't really have songs, you know. But it was just this one. I just remember this is not a community chess. Our relationship is like Monopoly. Nobody ever wins. Nobody ever wins. And then I would say this is not a community chest. It was a very. It was a white yeah. mad song. But I wore a wig, and I remember once halfway through the show in Edinburgh, someone saying, "That's the same person." It was very. I was like, "Yeah." And like, <laughs> hired that terrible comedian <laughs> to be my support act. but at the lyric we went through we did a tech and they said yeah. and obviously when we say we'll bring you on welcome to say Ration Connolly I went oh you, you can't do that because I come on as Jackie Jackie Hump and, Jackie Hump and, it, and yeah. this just created honestly it was like throwing myself on the ropes for no reason I should have just not mm. done it mm. for that gig but I was like well I've, ne- I've never done the show and not in, not sort of come on as Jackie Hump at the beginning. Yeah, and that's the show, and that, you know that's the, the audience show. Yeah. was so upset when I came on and was like, "Hello, I'm Jackie Hump." It was really, and was just like, "What is this?" <laughs> it was because it's much more surreal. It was poetry and mime, like yeah. it was, you know, very silly. Uh, and that was, yeah, and, I, and then I sort of came on as me. Expectations in the power of yes, because. Because then the following the following year when I went back, you know, full of I had huge expectations and the audience too, and I did this show. It was another sort of it was in my mind it was like carrying on the thing from the first one, and I got terrible uh, terrible reviews and it was just sold out the entire run, and it went okay, I think, and it was better. It was certainly a better show, but because uh, I mean I'm blaming partly expectation, but I think that was certainly didn't help me when I got nominated in Edinburgh and then there was and I like I genuinely and not uh, in the false I was I wasn't even, I'd stayed at my friend's house and we'd been out the night before and uh honest to god I didn't know the nominations were coming out and at three wow. o'clock my friend had come up from London she was at my flat and she I finally charged my phone and she said your agency has been here for two hours I was like she was like the nomination you've been nominated <laughs> I was like oh no she was like and then I had to walk back like a, like a naughty schoolgirl. like I had you know but it was um did you actually know any other comedians yeah I knew lots of comedians but I I had no buzz around my show. There was no right. heat at all around it, to my mind, mm-hmm. other than a friend of mine mm-hmm. once said, I nearly asked Nika Burns what she did for a living. I didn't know the judge, you know, and I had, I genuinely, I'd said to everyone, I'm not reading reviews, but I'm also not talking to other people about their reviews. And I sort of had a mm-hmm. sort of very small fringe. It felt far, like I, it, the show was going okay, not wild. I didn't Good see loads of stars over, you know, not it was like a 50 seat and in most days it'd be nearly full like you know but not there was no sold outs or like stars all over my poster or anything like that you know it didn't have that sort of but the day after I got nominated that show felt horrendous the the audience were just cross-armed like go on then and I was like oh it doesn't work if you don't want me to be good (laughs) like it felt oh, this doesn't, this feels completely the opposite to, because everyone who'd come in was like, this is good, actually. That sort of, I'm enjoying, you know, as opposed to, oh, but you got a nomination, do you? It was... Um, so what was this thing? You were nominated for the 
Was it the newcomer? Newcomer, newcomer, yeah. And then I won the. Well, that year, do you remember anyone else who was like who else was in the running for Russell's award? Uh, Russell's Sarah Millican, Josie Long, Bo Burnham was up my year, and he won the uh, Spirit of the Fringe Award. Okay. It was a real movie for, for you know in, in my own life, like it oh. felt very. Um, because I was, I really wasn't expecting it. I wasn't in play for it. There was no, there, that just wasn't the vibe. I knew who the vibes were around up there. You mm. know, you're up there and you know. Mm. And so it was, I felt really like, what? Even to get nominated felt. Mm. And then, yeah, it just changed things for me that I was able to yeah. then get, you know, do hours. You know, kind of looking for success in a way is a bit like looking for love. And the, the harder you're looking, the less likely it is to ha- happen because you there's something about your the way you carry yourself when you're you know you're kind of desperate to get a girlfriend boyfriend whatever that you um that it just then doesn't happen and as soon as you stop worrying about it that allows you and you know what and what people love about your uh, act and uh, and other people is is that kind of playfulness and that feeling that you don't in a way that you don't care do you know what I mean I mean I know obviously. We all care hugely, but but uh, that spirit of that kind of spirit of playfulness that uh, it's so easy to lose if you're hey, I gotta get the series, you know, I gotta get the producers. And you, when you and lose gotta, it, it's so you know, hard. It's so hard to be funny oh, when yeah. you're tense. Yeah. It's so hard to yeah, yeah. create when you're tense. It's and of course we all have yeah. that. We just have. I've had that was just four weeks of my life where I actually managed my emotions and I didn't do right. things that were bad for me in terms of looking at reviews or anything, you know, and I enjoyed mm. the show. I remember thinking, oh, because it, yeah, then that was just a weird, you know, and then next year, obviously, like you, the pressure, you're reading reviews, da, 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 you know, yeah. and and the show done okay and good, and but it's, I, I'd forgotten the whole of the year before, which was like, have a nice time mm. and really, enjoy, and just get better and it, all the stuff you were saying, I was like, Let's see if we can tighten up one bit a day. Let's see if we can do this. What about if I try that? And, you know, because, you know, you're up there yeah. for a month. You might as well. Let's see if you can make a joke better, for God's sake. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you've, got, <laughs> you've yeah. got this story. What yeah. could you do to make this story? If you yeah. had to make this story better, what could you do? And I, so, you know, like I, I met people did see different endings, I think, as well, because I would just change the song. People were like, oh, it's a new ending. And I was like, yeah. Just because right. I wasn't yeah, yeah. in that sort of, I have to get nominated, I Precious. have to get nominated. Yeah. yeah. That's what partly what I always enjoyed about the festival. I mean, that, it's, it's, you know, there's the two sides of it, aren't there? One, the, the positive side of it is that you're, it's like the school trip, isn't it? You're up in Edinburgh, you're surrounded by your, uh, you know, friends, people you know basically all other enemies don't forget our enemies and i didn't say enemies but yeah you know people who maybe you don't get you you have absolutely no respect for and um but people would be kind you know you'd say you'd go and see their show and you'd say oh maybe you could add that bit and they'd say the same you know there was this kind of certain amount of support but then the negative side was always i don't know if it was the gilded balloon was the thing when you were up there but Everyone used to pile down the gilded balloon, which was um, like a really sort of toxic. It was late in life. It was a really toxic atmosphere yes. of, um, you know, a lot of drinking and a lot of, oh, did you see this? Yeah, yeah, we got, you know, a two star. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, or, and at the same time, be people drowning their sorrows, you know, because the other thing was people who couldn't afford to, you know, lose this money. 
you yeah. know, that was the, the prospect of it. You know, so it wasn't just the artistic uh, element, but the, the kind of financial thing. Um, and so in the end, what I, the last few years I went, I bought, well, the last year I went, I bought a um, painting by numbers. And I would, after the show, I'd have, a, I'd have a pint, and then I would go back to the flat, and I would fill in this painting. <laughs> It That's a great thing to do, fighting. though. <laughs> well, it, it, it kind of kept me sane, actually. It did sort of keep me sane. And and kind of not that mad, manic thing about the, um, about the whole... The weird thing was, you know, uh, the following year, the, you know, after the last year I did it in 96, the 97 didn't go up. And I was very conflicted about it. I was thinking I should be going up there and... You know, the agent was all, oh, yeah, everyone must go, and you know, it's all this, it's the sort of thing, it's the kind of uh, almost like the harvest every year for a farm. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was. Um, yeah. And when you're up there, it's, it's, it's the only thing in the world. And there's no better place to get an hour ready. It's, it's the best place yeah. in the world to get an hour ready because it's yeah. up against so many other shows. But what I found was if I didn't go up, I was completely unaware. Of it going on, yeah, to be like, oh, it's a good art. I mean, it is so expensive. That's a really good point. Like, so it is very easy to be nonchalant and artistic, but not when you're like, oh, I've, I've got a mortgage or yeah. I've taken a month off work or I've got, it becomes yeah. everything changes. It needs to land that feeling that you sense, you know, this needs mm. to land, you know. Um, mm. And that I don't know if, if that ever is the healthiest way or the most creative, does the best stuff ever come from that feeling, you know? The deadline was always the thing. Was was always so great about it was that you knew that by the time you got there, you had to have roughly something, didn't you? Oh, it's um, wild. You're going on. And also, like, this is the thing that I always try and sort of, when I talk to other people, you know, about Edinburgh is, the reason why I feel like it's, you know, you know, Montreal, Melbourne, stuff like that, and, and they're big festivals and they're amazing. I think Edinburgh is, it's the amount of shows. You, people would see three shows and then come into your show. Yeah. It's such a, a wild way to watch anything. Like, yeah. you normally go for a night out and so you bring your, you know, your, like, it's like watching movies. Like you could watch three really good movies and you're like, I don't care anymore. I've just watched. Yeah. It's such a wild way. And so if you do well at eight or nine o'clock in the Pleasance on a, like, it is, I think, a sort of, it's not normal fighting. And then when you get into September and you just go somewhere where they've chosen to come and see you and you're there yeah. whole night out. Oh my God, it's like taking weights off. You're like, oh yeah, they haven't yeah. just watched Kitson and Harry Hill and da, 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 and then walked into mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, sure. you know, yeah. you're sort of like this palate cleanser for the first 20 minutes. We could just see them thinking, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm <laughs> <Palette> hungry. <laughs> that would be a good name for a show, palate cleanser. To follow all the news about this year's awards, find at Comedy Awards and Dave on all your social media channels. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Would you give your mom, dad, aunt, or that uncle who hugs your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh, no. Oh, my God, it's, it's a really long video. Ew. In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos, and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What? I know what this one. <laughs> that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell, and Dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising people. <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. <laughs> 